Welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. Here we will discuss the contrast between two worldviews, one being biblical and the other being worldly. How does a follower of Christ distinguish between the two? And now here's your host. Hello and welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. I'm your host, Cleveland Rose. And I want to thank each and every one of you to be part of this wonderful radio experience. I want to thank each and every one of you to be part of this series that we are doing called Black, 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 Black. And um, so far, got some positive feedback, lots of negative feedback, of course. But even with those negative feedback, you have to look at and count on what everybody was talking about. <laughs> A lot of people are really getting, I mean, <laughs> really, really get very irate. And it's really remarkable because you really taken the time to research this stuff and realize the fortitude behind the stuff that's going on with people. And I want to really, really hyper-focus on a couple of things here that really kind of sets the trend on a lot of things that's going on here to really bring into the forefront of all the things. Now, this is the... Um, a very, very, very critical point in this series. Tonight, I'm going to have one of my guests, special guest, um, Gary Benford. And Gary really sets the tone in a lot of things. And I want to really want to reiterate some of the things that he is because you got to understand Gary to really bring in... Um, the, the the whole meaning of everything. And I mean, some people don't understand these things, but um, you have to be very, very mindful. And I will tell you something that's really, really crazy with all this that's going on. The, the whole meaning of everything has to do with this thing that is really, really set apart about believers and right now i'm just going to come to the uh, to the cuff here you know it's so many of black people blacks literally are really 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 think they are an elite because they think god is really for them just them only here's the problem with that God is for everyone because he made everyone. Now, if he was for just only black people, it would be a black world, which it would be no way possible we could be able to live and thrive without anything different. That's the truth because God is a, God is so diverse in so many ways that he is awesome. And that's one of the biggest, huge problems that we have here. But um, I, I, it's so massive, crazy, to the point that you have so many people really, really don't have a clue on what is really going on about anything no more. I'm going to give you an example here. Now, God, the gospel, the music industry, this is really prevalent here. And I want to really tell you what is really going on so you understand what I'm saying here. Now, recently, just recently, 
just recently, um, it was a broadcast, you know, for the Dove Awards, you know, the Gospel Music Association. Now, I want you to think about it in this way here. Christian music ceremony puts on by the Gospel Music Association by and is broadcast on TBN, Trinity Broadcast Network. Now, I want you to think about this here. I'm going to, uh, we'll be playing a clip here in a little bit to really bring in the synopsis of a whole, of all this here. Now, for one thing, you have Kurt Franklin. Now, let me, let me explain who Kurt Franklin is. This guy is a 14, uh, 14 Grammy winner uh, uh, gospel artist, keyword gospel. But remember, gospel is supposed to be uh, for black people. Okay, that's what that's what a lot of black people are saying. And I heard this for many, 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 many years. They say this here. It's for the black people. It's for the black folks. It's for everyone else. It's for black, 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 black. I kid, I kid you not. That's exactly where the whole thing is. And it's really sad. It's like that. And when you have that kind of mindset that's going on, it really kind of put the, the, the damper on things, literally. And um, the truth to be told is that you have so many people don't even understand that gospel is from the the word God, the New Testament. The first four books of the New Testament is the gospel's account of Jesus Christ. So when the word gospel has been in lieu to black culture, it makes you wonder what's going on here. And I'm gonna tell you something here about these uh about Kurt Franklin. Kurt Franklin, and I'm gonna put it out here. I don't I personally believe with all my heart that he's not safe. Even from this interview that he did with this um I'm gonna uh, um, uh, with this uh you know podcast that's on YouTube, this man is not safe. He is not saved at all. And I'm going to tell you why he's not saved. The man don't even believe in God. I mean, for crying out loud, he don't believe in God at all. I mean, and, and you know, when now, even from that standpoint, what's going on, you have a man who used the gospel, word gospel, and he tried to use it and said, this is for blacks. Like he uses secular artists coming into the church, said that in a black culture, in a black uh, scenario, if everything else is going on, this is to try to reach them to come into church. But here's the problem with that. They're still doing the same things that's not biblical. How you say you are a child of God? I mean, seriously, if you say you are a child of God, you're trying to say that 
your message that in you, the God inside you cannot change them? Or you saying something else? This is something that people don't really understand here, in which um, me and Brother Gary are going to talk about in a little bit here, which is going to be profound because a lot of times, a lot of people miss this this uh, 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 whole you know, caviar about Kurt Franklin. Kurt Franklin literally talked to this guy who interviewed him who had to be a homosexual. Now, how in the world he called him brother if this man is still in sin? That's another problem with that. So you got so many, see, and here's the thing about it. His whole emphasis is about that God, you know, was using curse words. And I mean, his whole his whole thing was he's trying to sell his album to another audience because a lot of people probably in the body of Christ are really starting to see his true character. That's one thing I believe. But here's another thing that's really, really uh, horrendous with this that Ridney put out here to the gusto. He's talking to the guy who is, like I said, homosexual. Not only he's interviewing about this homosexual, he's telling him he's a brother. Then he started talking about other things, about issues. You know the world that you, if you claim to be in the gospel, they're going to try to get you to denounce God, denounce Jesus Christ. That's exactly what he did in his interview. He denounced Father God. And this is how he did it. He said that the people in the church that use the Bible in Jesus' name, that is talking about abortion, that is talking about these people picking and blowing stuff. No, the, no nobody who believes in, uh, who's, uh, who's pro-life, don't blow up stuff. That's a that's a misrepresentation. It's not. It's a lie. It's a. It's not a misrepresentation. It's a. It's a all right lie. Lie from the pit of hell, which that's what this um that Kurt Franklin is saying. He got that from the mainstream media, who is for abortion, and he and he went on and said that you can't put that on people who wants to, especially women who has this choice. So he is a pro-choice. He admit that in this interview. Then he goes a little bit on, a little bit further, and he just said that uh, about love, love everybody. Uh, that means when you hear things say you love everybody, he is saying love everybody in their sin. He's not talking about loving people with God in it, saying God will love this person, but He also wants them to change from their evil, wicked ways. To get right with him, he is really talking, showing his true colors in his interview. So I'm going to let you listen to that interview and let you hear it for yourself. Then we'll come back on the break here, and we're gonna go ahead and get with Brother Gary here. So stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of this to come because when me, Brother Gary, going to talk, we're going to talk about some real huge issues here and we're going to really going to put the gusto in stay tuned welcome back y'all this is the sit down and i'm here with 14 time grammy award-winning gospel singer kirk franklin and i stole about 10 you of them. stole them what i do is i go to the grammys and i wait for people to go to the bathroom is that and christian I, and I, 
How you doing? I'm good. It's so good to see good you. you My grandmother was freaking out this morning when what, I told what is, her. What is, what, is, what is her name? Her name is Jean Jean. Gloria Jean. Nana Jean Jean. We love you, Nana Jean Jean. Uh, I'm sitting with your baby boy. Aren't you proud of your baby boy? Oh my God, she's going to. This is your grandbaby. <laughs> look at your grand. Look at your grandbaby. Oh my God, this. Uh, she's probably passed out at her house right now. <laughs> well, let's talk about you, because this is not about me and my grandmother. Even though, hello, Jean Jean, I will call you Gigi. soon. Um, so today's a big day for you. You have yeah. a new song, a new album. Tell yeah. us about this. Yeah, you know, it's it's called Long Live Love. The album is called Long Live Love. I think that we need a a little bit of that in in our DNA right now because we are lacking a lot of empathy and compassion towards one another. We don't see people as uh, God's children. We don't see us needing each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we're very quick to cancel each other out mm -hmm. and not be patient. And whether it's learning how to agree to disagree, to allow, that a lot of people have different views and opinions, but still love and respect the fact that they are created by love and yeah. through love and for a greater purpose just because we may have different views that does not mean that your life is less valuable than mine for sure for sure and so much of your music historically has been as contemporary as you're talking about it's talking about real issues in real time yeah. how do you stay so i don't want to say relevant but staying so current all the time what keeps you inspired well i'm short so like kids <laughs> like me yeah so i no, busy <laughs> They think I'm like a play date. Play mate. You're, you're me. You're my same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, 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 he's little. How little bitty man, you know. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, I'm very grateful to have a lot of great people around me. And, and I try to really try to stay engaged with what's happening in the world. I think sometimes Christians can live in a bubble and they're not engaged in what's what's happening within culture and, and are just within the heartbeat of what's what's happening in a relevant conversation. Yeah. And so they don't know how to have a relevant conversation. And, and you know, but but even musically, I'm grateful to have a lot of good people around me to let me know when I'm the old man in the room, you know, you know. But, I don't think anyone's considering you, know, you the old man. In the room. I don't want to be a pawpaw. Trying to be hip hop, pop up. <laughs> what you like about that beat, boy? What you like about that beat? You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a pop up. Yeah. So I try to have yeah. people around. Well, speaking of youth, you are going back to hosting on BET, correct? Sunday Best is Sunday coming best. back. Sunday Best is coming back on BET. I had a four year hiatus, and a lot of people really love the show. Yeah. They love the show because, you know, what is different about Sunday Best and other music competition shows is the fact that it's coming from gospel music. No one can deny the power and the spirit um, that comes out of people that do gospel music mm -hmm. and so people tune in because you can't produce that yeah that's something that you got to come with and i mean it doesn't matter how big the production set is yeah. if you're not coming with what you and i know mm -hmm. as church kids as the spirit mm -hmm. you know then it's really hard to connect yeah and a lot of people want that hope from from uh, your vocal cords. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so many contemporary artists who are in more rhythm and blues and hip hop are now being more forthcoming about using gospel. One of them, Chance mm. the Rapper, who I believe yeah. you worked with. Yeah, 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 what yeah, is yeah. it like seeing gospel cross over into rap and R&B? And what kind of boundaries do you think it has to kind of deal with? Because, you know, they're cursing on the records. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talking about things that I didn't talk about with my grandmother in church. Yeah. I still don't talk to my grandmother. And you wouldn't. <laughs> no. You wouldn't. So what Neither you, would I. And what are you thinking about as you do these collabs? It's, I think that, first of all, that um, the African-American experience uh, is undeniable when it comes to its relationship with the black church. Mm -hmm. And the black church is very synonymous with black gospel music. Yes. So so uh, it it all is woven into just the culture of black and brown people. Yeah. And so because of that, uh, it's very easy for a 
Chess or Kanye to tap into those sounds and those rhythms and those melodies because most of them, like I went to Justin Timberlake's concert once or you go to Janet's concert or Madonna or any, any of these big stars, the whole band mm -hmm. are black gospel musicians. Yeah. And it's real. Like, like that's not, that's not, that's not what I'm making up. Yeah. Every pop star right now, their band mm -hmm. is black church musicians yes. because of that soul and feel that they've got some black background singers mm -hmm. that sing gospel music. So it's so interwoven within black culture and pop culture that at some point somebody's going to be pulling from it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think that the, when it comes to the profanity, uh, that that's just kind of part of, walking our life with people on their journey. Like it's very difficult if you're not with somebody every day and they live in a world where they communicate that mm -hmm. way. For them to come around you, you can't expect for people to necessarily put on this falsehood of who they are. You just gotta just, you know, kind of walk out life with them and then let the love of God pull them in the areas that needs to be pulled. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And you yeah. mentioned Kanye, who's been really public about his church, uh, church going these days. He hosts mm -hmm. a Sunday, what is it called? Sunday sermon? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday service, service, but it's not a church service. Okay. It's, it's, it's not a church service at all. And what I, what I support Kanye in doing right now is that he has found a healing power in music. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage everyone when it comes to Kanye is let the brother heal. Yeah. Let, let the music be that 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 soothing ointment that he needs for his soul because that's what gospel music is supposed to be gotcha gotcha and i want to read a treat that we have up for you okay um someone wrote does anyone else find it i don't know weird that kanye and kim are making the black church experience into some exclusive thing where white people go and stand around and record because it's like something it's fascinating or something this feels weird what's your reaction to that take on kanye is i would say that i do not believe that it is a church experience that he's trying to curate. And, and I think that what can happen is because people are so used to seeing gospel music within an environment of black church culture, mm -hmm. it's automatically assumed that it's church. Yes. Because that's the only way that, 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 that we've ever seen it. It's almost like, the ignorance that a man will have just because a woman may be dressed very sexy to always think that every woman that, that dressed sexy is always thinking sexual. Yeah. She's just dressing sexy. Yeah. That don't mean she wants you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You She's know. Not doing this for all of you. Yeah. Like, Ex and exactly. Touch. And it's the same thing even with what's happening with my brother is that we're so used to seeing uh, gospel music in those type of environments mm -hmm. that we make the assumption yeah. that that's what it is. He's just, man, this is his medicine. Let that brother heal and let God do his thing in him. Yeah. And you mentioned church and kind of how we talk about it in public. Yeah. Currently, there are lots of, there's lots of legislation around abortion bans and they're using the Bible to push these through around the country. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this and how people are using the church as a political weapon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's very unfortunate that uh, that is happening. I was adopted when I was four mm -hmm. by a 64 year old woman. And I remember my biological mother telling the woman that adopted me that she didn't want me, mm -hmm. that she wanted to have an abortion. And I remember hearing that at 12 years old and it really scarred me. And so um, while at the same time, it would be hypocritical to not also admit that when I was a teenager, I paid for an abortion. Mm -hmm. So I have uh, had this duality when it, when it comes to this conversation. And so, I firmly believe that I am I am pro-choice because I do believe in life. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I also realize and recognize that I do not have the right to force my hope for life yeah. on the body of a woman. Yeah. The same way that I cannot force any one of these cameramen 
to uh, be a Christian. Mm -hmm. That has to be a composition of the heart. You cannot legislate morality. Yeah. That has to be a pool on the end of his heart. Now, I want to try to be as much of a light as I can to yeah. make what I believe attractive. I want to try to live a type of life that is so powerful that being pro-life and supporting life looks attractive, but when I'm standing and attacking you for your belief and I'm standing outside with signs and I'm blowing up abortion clinics mm -hmm. or, or doing all these uh, negative things in the name of God, that's not, that's not God, that's the devil. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, once again, I think love should lead. Mm. If love is not leading the conversation, the conversation is worthless and God ain't in it. Do you find that your music is helping the church understand these types of conversations? Because, you know, growing up with my grandmother, we weren't talking like this. But I know as your music has become more popular and you are able to sit on couches like this, yeah. you're helping lead those. Which is an honor. Thank you again for having me. Thank of course. you for having me. It's, it's, I think that what is happening is that as we see so many millennials leave church like crazy, mm -hmm. that it is very important for all of us, including myself, to be able to one, have the conversation of, what did we do wrong? Mm -hmm. What do we need to do better? Where did we drop the ball at? Anybody that just, and, and, and I think that a lot of times there is an elitism mm -hmm. and an arrogance that can sometimes be portrayed from, from the onlookers yeah. into people of faith to go, you know, they, 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 they don't speak with compassion. They know every freaking thing. Mm -hmm. And there's an arrogance and a, and a lack of humility in the conversation. It's almost like we communicate like we're the doctors mm -hmm. and the world is sick. Yeah. Like everybody's sick and, and we're the doctors where the church is a hospital. Yeah. Where everybody's a patient mm -hmm. and there's only one doctor. Mm -hmm. Thank God. All right. I'm back. Um, I am glad that you're back with me. If you heard what we was talking about with Kirk Franklin, he will tell you about this is not just a black thing. And see, this is a this is a problem we have in our society today. We're trying to separate the um, black, white, everything else to try to cover something that's not really true. So what I know for a fact that God has told me when He wanted me to do this series, He told me He said, "I just in my in my prayer time, He wants me to really come to the force. He said, you need to bring people in that knows more about what the what the spirit of God has done with them. It's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's not Asian. It's not this. It's not anything. It's me. And the one thing I I knew someone would do, and it's kind of running how God works. Um, this man, God, and I'm going to tell you about him because you need to know about uh, Brother Gary Benford. He, he was on rap with us um, a few months ago. He did, you know, he was he was one of the of, of men and women on the panel that we have that lasts up to three hours because of the contents and stuff that was going on, and it was a lot of stuff they did was need to be uh, talk about, but we couldn't finish it all, and we will do another one very soon. Um, but also we did an interview with him, you know, a few months ago as a resilient Christian, of how God transformed this man's life. But let me give you a little background about uh, Brother Gary Benford. For first and foremost, he's a fire defender of the Constitution. He's he's a vigorous supporter of President Trump. But also, this man guy is the prior owner and founder of the Facebook page of Nature Series 2018. He also used to be part of 
a news column, a sports column, was called New York Daily News. Um, also, he did a, a lot of things with um, music for 14 years. Uh, I could go to the list of, of all he could do. But let me also tell you this. This is another important caveat about him. He also part of the Rocket Wolf, uh, Wolfman Radio on WINN, which is World Integrity News Network, every Friday uh, at 8.30 and 9, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be at you know, 8, 8.30 p.m. Central. So I want to go ahead and introduce this man, God, because we got a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about, and it's not going to cover all this tonight. I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of times when we have a problem in society, we have so much that has to do with, and let me put this in this way so it could be very clear, being lied to. And you have so many people in the far left lying each and every single day about something. And in a lot of black people, and it's not exclusively about blacks, but black is in the focal point because the blacks always believe in these lies. And secondly, they keep on voting, 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 voting for the same people. And they wonder why things don't get better. But it's not about being black. It's about having the, the Holy Ghost live inside you, which is, the, which is Jesus Christ. So, no further ado, I want to introduce to you my brother, my, I call him my mentor because I learned a lot from him. Brother Gary Benford, how you doing, my brother? Oh, uh, thank you for the kind words, and thank you for having me on, Brother Cleveland Rhodes. Uh, you know, they just, this is, this is my element. This is where I feel like a fish in water when you're talking about the Word of God. Never did I ever think in my wildest dreams when I was a secular person writing for the New York Daily News and Newsday, managing the funky flute man, D-Man's recording artist Dwayne Kerr, never did I thought, think during those days that the time would come when the, the, the joy and, the, and, and just the feeling and the exuberance that just comes from being able to give people God's word and salvation through Jesus Christ. For me, there's nothing that that surpasses it, and I thank you very much for this opportunity. Oh, no problem. I I think that, uh, to be honest with you, uh, Brother Gary, uh, a lot of things that you have put into play about a lot of stuff, I've really, really started to understand why God has um, brought us together in the way he did. And now I'm really coming to grips on the truth here about what's going on here. And then, let me put in this emphasis here. Um, what is going on in a lot of the peoples today is doesn't, it's something that John Arthur said recently about how the church is changing to something secular. And when you have that going on in our society now, it brings a deeper, deeper conviction what God wants you to do. So, um, I want you to tell me. In the culture that we're living in right now, when you have so many individuals literally believe that God exclusively really said, this is you. This is what I'm going to do for you. 
but don't think about the other people. This is for you. And when you hear that, you make you wonder, is this true or this is just what people are just portraying to be true? What do you say about that? Because um, I know we talked about this earlier before, about what people in our society are doing. Well, I'm, let me put it in this way here, African-Americans. They always say that God exclusively is for the African-American, but not no one else. And this is very false. Can you go ahead and start to elaborate on things, then break some of this stuff down that could bring some meat and potatoes to this conversation here? Uh, thank you. Yes, I will. Uh, here's where I want to start. Um, and I, I titled this segment, for, from my point of view, Are You a Brother or a Sister or Are You Born Again? Mm -hmm. Because you can't be both. Amen. And one of the problems that we have in society are people are professing and claiming the name of Jesus Christ and claiming they belong to Jesus Christ, but their lives and their testimony do not match their words. And the reason is, is because the church, as you just said, has been infiltrated. It's been, it was infiltrated by uh, Marxist communists back starting in the 50s, maybe even before, to twist the gospel of Jesus Christ which is we are fallen individuals, sinners, we've already lost it. We can't get it back from the garden. All of mankind fell. Mm -hmm. The only people that get to go to heaven are perfect people. None of us are perfect. That's why we need a Savior. That's why God sent his Son, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And anybody who believes in him, who is willing to repent, take his gift of salvation and and apply that and allow him on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out and make you make you uh, you know uh, worthy to become part of God's family that's the real gospel but the church has been twisted over the years and when I talk about the church I'm talking about the body of Christ has been twisted over the years by false teachers mm -hmm where they brought in a social gospel, meaning a gospel that's not about pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus, mm -hmm. but following other things of secular means. And this is why mm -hmm. one of the most important scriptures in the Bible, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, mm -hmm. where it says to Timothy, who was one of the early church teachers, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. And here's why. Mm -hmm. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, Right. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Peter warned. Paul warned. All throughout the Bible, it warns you about false teachers and false prophets. They were in the early church. They would follow wherever Peter or Paul or Barnabas or, 
or, or, or, or Timothy, whoever was preaching, they would follow it in and twist the gospel. Back then, it could have been like the Sadducees trying to tell people there's no bodily resurrection. Or it could be the people, that the Judaizers that came in behind the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ and tried to get the people, especially the Jews, back into legalism, saying you must be circumcised and you got to do this and you got to follow the law, where Jesus Christ freed you from the law. Mm. Okay? So that's what the problem is. That created this problem. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, very simply, everybody, John 3, 1 through 5, it's very simple. You've got to be born again. Mm-hmm. You've got to be born again. Nicodemus was one of the Pharisees. He was a teacher, a ruler of the law. Everybody, he was one of the brightest and best that the Pharisees had. And he came to Jesus one night, by night, because he saw the miracles, he knew that Jesus was from God. And in that scripture, and this is where we all must be people, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus, knowing why he was there, because there was something going on inside of Nicodemus that had him uncomfortable because he was a Pharisee, he liked Jesus, and he couldn't quite understand why most of his Pharisaic brothers couldn't stand him. Mm-hmm. And Jesus knew what he, what, what he was asking. Jesus didn't even answer his question because he goes right past what you're thinking and will always give you what you need. And he said, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. People, Jesus did not tell him, you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. He first said, you have to be born again to even see it. Because if he hasn't come on the inside of you, if he's not on the inside of you, removing the scales from your eyes, you're going to see things still through the world's point of view. You won't see heaven. And if you notice, um, Cleveland, how many people do we know who profess Christ that never talk about heaven, that never talk about the afterlife, that never talk about what it's going to be like to ask Samson how you did this and Moses how you did that and the people that you're going to spend your eternity with. Mm-hmm. They live in the temporal. And they live in the temporal because they're not born again. They, they, they're not born of Christ to realize that this life here is like one pebble of sand and that eternity is forever. So store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't, can't destroy it. Where you're going to spend an eternity with no sin, with no death, mm-hmm. you know, with no bodies that, 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 are going to be, that are going to be destroyed because of the fall. This is who we are. This is who we're supposed to be. And you can only, only see that and achieve that if God truly has come on the inside of you, if Jesus has implanted his spirit in you, where you will now start to see things from God's point of view. And when you do that, you'll start to see that the issues that you will now become interested in are about your father's business. Back when I was a brother, 
back when I was into things that, as a black man, that seemingly aided us. I was into the black issues, like right. most black people were. I didn't. I, everybody I knew, they were Democrats. Mm-hmm. I was in predominantly black churches, and it was always about social justice. It was always about you know, oh, we got to overcome, and the black man this, and and, and and it's a fight and a struggle and racism, and the white man's trying to keep the black man down. And it was always about black, 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 black. Mm-hmm. But once I became born again later in life, which for me was 1997, now all of a sudden I'm seeing things through God's point of view. Those aren't my issues. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't issues that need to be dealt with. Let the activists do that. Let the secular people handle that. Mm-hmm. But now... All of a sudden, I'm naturally, without even trying about my father's business, which is the life of the unborn, which is protecting the sanctity of marriage, which is looking and seeing the socialists through the Democratic Party have removed God from the schools, from the workplace, from the government. I'm understanding we're about to lose our country here. They're taking away our Christian rights. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned about what is happening with the body of Christ not what's happening anymore with the brother man and the sister. And I'm not saying that those issues aren't, aren't real because they are. Right. But it's just like what Jesus said when he was here. When, 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 when he was 12 years old and, and the caravan, they went to Jerusalem and they left and he wasn't with the caravan, they went back. He's sitting there talking to the rabbis, his mother saying, son, didn't you know we left? He said, hey, don't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business? We're supposed to be our father, about our father's business, and our father's business has nothing to do with race, gender, and class. Our father's business has to do with being salt and light and preaching the gospel to a dying world. Amen. You know, that's really, it's, it's not, you know, sometimes we see pastors in these predominant black churches, they usually try to, you know, get people all emotional into it, which, you know, you're right. I mean, I used to go to a lot of black churches as my um for a very long time, for many, 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 many years. And then God had to, you know, when I got saved, I mean, literally got saved. Yeah, and let me, I'm going to explain this to the, to the listeners, what I mean by literally got saved. When I got saved, God showed me some things about myself that I need to look into that I never saw before. I had some things in my heart that was not right. Like, for instance, I was a racist. Okay? Let's call that out here because I used to think everything black. Okay? Secondly, what God was doing, showing to me with that, my in, in this transformation, not the transformation of what the transgenders talk about. I'm talking about the real transformation through the Holy Spirit, through his son, that he was showing me about what I was being as, as a, a bigot towards even women, how I was in so much sin with that. It's a lot of things that blacks think that God has delivered from that he, but he, they not even his. So when I got, and I'm speaking here as a testimony here with this, when God saved me, I realized that the people that, my folks called them racist and, and they were racism. They didn't do it to me. So when I tell people I never experienced racism before, or I never experienced someone call me outside who I am, if they did, they probably was telling the truth about me because I was in sin. 
But when you look at it as a body, as a child God, you start to realize that when they call you something, they're not calling you, they call your, your uh, call your Lord something. It's not all about you. So when I start to see other ethnic groups like Caucasians, and I could go to their church and be comfortable in their church, sitting there and listen to the word God with my brothers in church without having a flicker of them feeling like I don't belong tells a bigger story that it was a lot about it's not about race here it's about uh the sanctity of having Christian values the sanctity of having the Bible would be our foundation and which means about the, the um about the constitution a lot of times our people don't even know the constitution has a lot of root leanings from the Bible. So I want you to, um, to come into this play here, Brother Garrett, about something here, about the, the, the sanctity of the Constitution and why is it so important that blacks, black people need to stop thinking that this is a brother-sister thing, but it is a born-again thing. I want you to come into it when, when, you know, when you hear, um, Steve Harvey saying that Trump is trying to bring back um, slavery, which that's absolutely not going to happen. Number two, I want you to also segue about when that brother forgave that police officer that killed her brother and black pastors got on and said, why we have to be the ones sympathetic and, and, and hug and embrace. I want you to talk about why it's very important. It's not. Uh, it's not a black thing, but it is a godly thing into the way of the constitution and the, the ways of life. When some people need to live, as if they say they are saved. Yes, uh, brother, brother Cleveland. Uh, part of the problem we have here is people don't know who they are. They don't know their identity. One of the problems with people who profess Christ or people who claim to be Christians, uh, if you're not born again, you can't walk the walk and you can't talk the talk. You can't stand up for Christ, not in this society. You can't stand up against the forces of evil. You can't overcome the world, your own flesh, and the devil if you aren't truly born again because you won't have the inner fortitude that's necessary, that can come only from God, to give you the courage of a lion. If you go back and look at all the disciples, with the exception of Judas, who hung himself, and John, who was uh, banished to the Isle of Patmos, mm -hmm. they all were martyred. Right. I'm going somewhere here. Mm -hmm. They all were martyred. All died very, very violent deaths. You can look it up. Mm -hmm. And you can throw Dr. Luke in there also. Peter chose to be um, crucified upside down. One of them were, was lanced, one thrown off a building. The skin was torn off of one. He was left out to, uh, to uh, uh, burn in the sun, as well as Peter's wife and others. Okay? They, now, here's the thing. At the crucifixion of Jesus, everybody ran. When he was taken, they all ran with the exception of John. Peter denied him three times. Everybody else was hiding like scared rabbits. Mm -hmm. What happened three days later, where not only did they come out and profess their risen Lord, 
but they all were willing to go to suffer tremendously horrendous death now rather than to deny him again. It's only because of the Holy Spirit inside of them where God can give you the power to do what he wants you to do. Because in Romans 8.28 it says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Mm-hmm. Our job is to become the image of Christ. What did Christ give everybody? What did Christ offer them? He offered everybody freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from sickness, freedom from everything. The freedom that comes from Christ to make you free of the bondage of your own flesh, the bondage of this world who is now run, which is now run by Satan because Adam and Eve gave it away, right. and the devil who, before he goes in the lake, has been creating havoc since the beginning of time. Those three entities, the unholy trio, you cannot ward off without the Holy Spirit of the Lord inside of you. And Jesus gives you freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from bondage, freedom from slavery to sin. This country, this country, because its founding fathers, some Christian, some deists, but most believing in the Judeo-Christian God, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. It was founded on biblical principles. There is no doubt in my mind that they wrote under the auspice of God very similarly to the way that the, uh, that the uh, people uh, who uh, wrote the, the prophets and the people who wrote the Bible, right, wrote under the auspices of God. And, and the number one, like when you think about Genesis, when you think about the, the first five books of the Bible, mm-hmm. And when you think about Genesis, and it starts in the beginning, excuse me, it starts uh, about, you know, God created the the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was God, and and, and the triune God was there, and God said, let there be light. We go through the whole thing, we go through Adam and Eve and all that. How did Moses know that? Mm. Moses wrote that. How did Moses know that? He wasn't there. Right. Moses Moses was a couple thousand years away from being born. How did he know about the fall in the garden? How did he know what happened to Adam and Eve? How did he know what happened to the Tower of Babel? Where'd that come from? See, the same auspice from which Moses got his information was the same way that God led the founding fathers. And he led them because they, wa- they founded a country that was birthed with Judeo-Christian principles that he gave them a constitution that would withstand Satan, our own flesh, mm-hmm. and and, 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 this, and this world. You know, he gave us a constitution. See, and that's why the First Amendment, freedom of speech. And that starts, if you look at it, it starts work first with the freedom of religious speech. Amen. Democrats want to take that away. The Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, that doesn't mean you have the right to go out and play gun smoke in the street. That's not what that's about. The right to bear arms, they came from a country of tyranny. They came and left and fought a revolutionary war to get away from tyranny. And they understood that if private citizens don't have guns, 
and the country becomes tyrannical. Mm -hmm. You can't fight back. They have military weapons and you have a peace shooter. Look, right. at, look at Venezuela now. They can't get that guy out of there. They don't have weapons. What did Hitler do? The first thing he did, he took the guns away. Exactly. He took the guns away. Mm -hmm. Chavez. Just name all the dictators. What right. is, see, and, and, and the whole thing, the whole thing about the freedoms within that constitution, mm -hmm. which gives you the freedom to honor God, family, and country, that's what the Democrats are fighting against, because they don't belong to God. Mm -hmm. They don't like the things of God. In fact, they hate the things of God. And you can tell who is the enemy of God by whoever goes after his institution that he used in that constitution to build this country, God, family, country and what have they done for, in the constitution what have they done first what do they do they go after god they've mm -hmm. gotten them out of the workplace they've got them out of the schools they've got them out of government what right. have they done right okay he's gone right and people say people say well i've had parents parents say say to me for years why isn't god protecting our kids in school i said because you're allowed them to be booted out of the schools mm -hmm. not welcome there prayer's not allowed in school the bible can't even be used as a reference book if if, if you if you find somebody uh if you find somebody uh, praying, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, you can wear, you wear, wear a Jesus Saves t-shirt. That's throw you out of school. You can wear Che Guevara, Malcolm X, uh, mm -hmm. Castro. You can wear that t-shirt. You can have the same one that says F U. You, mm -hmm. you, 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 you can still, you can still uh, hang around the school. You know, it, it was a funny, uh, <laughs> it was a, 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 a funny uh, a statement that a um, pastor who's now deceased. Dr. D. James Kennedy, whose church was in uh, down in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, right. and, and he he talked about uh, he talked about uh, he, he said uh, he said you bring a Bible out, say naughty naughty. Then he says the kind of attitude that used to be reserved for those who might come out with a dirty magazine is now reserved for those who would read the scriptures or say something about God. I recall a teacher discovering a number of students in the playground during recess who were kneeling over in the corner. And she rushed over there and she said, students, students, what are you doing? And they said, oh, we're sorry, Miss Ethel. Ethel. We were shooting craps. And she said, oh, I was afraid you were praying. See, and this is the problem. Mm -hmm. This is where we're at. You have the radical left, the radical left who we'll talk about later that's been taken over by Marxists, mm -hmm. who were trying to unravel that constitution they've got because they've got to get that constitution out because there's no way they can get socialism in because the first and second amendment for the most part is going to block them and that's why you notice that now they're starting to talk about taking free speech away that's what cultural marxism is mm -hmm. they couldn't beat the constitution so now what they're trying to do they're coming in with the europeans uh, uh, cultural Marxism, political correctness. Now what you say on the left is good, what you say on the right is evil, so they're trying to silence free speech on the right and Christians. They tried to take Christian and, and conservative talk radio off the air. It would have happened if Hillary Clinton had become president. Yeah. Donald Trump overturned it. See, they, they want your guns now, and they don't want you to know they want the guns. So they make it sound like when somebody, uh, you know, does a mass shooting, which is terrible, but they're few and far between. 
And if you notice, they talk about mass shootings, we've got to take all your guns away. But right. they never talk about all the gang violence. Why don't you go take the guns away from the, from the, from the black, killing blacks in, in gangs and Latino killing Latino in street gangs? Why are you letting them play gun smoke and blow each other up if you're so concerned about the guns? So they wait for somebody to uh, shoot somebody in a mass shooting, and then they start talking about, okay, we need your weapons. But if you notice, mm-hmm. if it's a liberal that does the shooting, or a black guy, they don't say anything. They're, they're very quiet. Right. They, and then Beto O'Rourke comes out on, uh, on the debate just here, you know, running for uh, president, that crazy nut, and he comes out <laughs> talking about, well, we've we got to take the guns from private citizens. They say, well, what if they want, don't want to give them up? He actually goes, well, they'll get a visit at the door. Mm-hmm. And I know, I, I could see liberals saying, don't say that. We don't want them to know that. You're not supposed to tell them that, you know. See, so this is the Constitution. Mm-hmm. That that Constitution is the freest document that any country has ever had. And, 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 and it's actually... Not, it's actually a document, a, a document that also doesn't doesn't allow slavery. You know, you see, we have to understand we're fallen people. Mm-hmm. We make mistakes. Right. All kind of people make mistakes. Countries make mistakes. Groups of people, Christians make mistakes. You do things. Things happen. Okay, because we're fallen. But the bottom line is that Constitution was put into place for God to bless this nation with a freedom that can only come through Christianity, that only comes through Jesus Christ, through Judeo-Christian values, and that's why the left is so adamant about getting rid of it, because until they can get rid of that, they can never really dominate this country and take us from socialism to communism. You know, that's really powerful you say that, because um, one of the things I know is that even... The way that um, in our society about those things you just said about how socialism is so prevalent trying to get this clause on that living document just like they they trying to get that clause on the the uh, living word of god and trying to change it to be something that's not biblical sound i'm gonna give you a couple examples here that you could you could uh, segue into this like for instance recently um, you have AOC, who, ha- uh, and I will say this because a lot of socialists always going to say things about racism, 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 using their platforms to document uh, uh, the, in, in, um, the mainstream media, trying to use it to try to, you know, propaganda people, to try to say, okay, this is the way that the, the the people like the Republicans and the conservatives are trying to keep your chains. But if you look at their core values, even in the things that the Democrat Socialist Party and the list goes on on, they try to recruit blacks. If you look at the schools, and this is prevalent, a lot of schools now try to take away capitalism. They try to talk about you no. Know, try to really talk about socialism is good because in some of the uh, the books today, they are trying to say socialism is a good thing. It's part of the economic uh, uh, freefall for people who are oppressed by capitalists. And when you have people talking that way, they try to sna- uh, try to say that socialism is good, capitalism is bad. So they try to say uh, being socialist is good. No, get don't have God in and nothing like that, and say Christianity is bad because 
you are putting your religion on me. But that's how socialists think. They always want to um, throw all these these um, these ideologies into your face to try to make you think something's not. So let me ask you this question here. Um, and in a lot of the circles going on here, when it comes to Christianity, you got people in uh, in in the church, you no know, churchitans, and I call churchitans for a reason. They go in, they claim that they are of Christ, but look at they act. How did act, brother Gary here? They always throw in socialism in uh, in every way. Throw in anything that's anti-God, anti-Christ, uh, anything into the church and get people believing. That's why we got a lot of the SJW stuff going into the churches. Can you go ahead and explain to the people why you need to have sound doctrine into the church? Because you talked about this before, before the uh, beginning of this broadcast um, about sound doctrine. Tell the people what that really entails when it comes to what what um you know what Paul was talking about sound doctrine when he was telling uh, uh, Timothy and Titus about that. Okay, and I want to break this down into two segments. The first segment will be why followers of Jesus must have sound doctrine, and then the second segment I want to use is show you without sound sound doctrine where you end up. Okay. Because that, that's where we'll end up. Great. Uh, we must, we must continue, as the Apostle Paul said, if you're a believer in Christ, it is totally contingent that you renew your mind at all times. And that means that your mind must constantly be thinking in conjunction with Scripture. But you can't think what you don't know. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Right. And the Bible also says the truth will set you free, but it's only the truth you know that can set you free. In other words, the truth you don't know can't help you, because here's what people have to understand. There's no magic wand to Christianity, people. God doesn't wave a magic wand and turn, turn us from a, from a pumpkin to a prince. Mm-hmm. What has to happen is we get the word into us in the same way we learned everything of the world from other people, from books, and from personal experiences. That's how you learn Christianity. You will learn through hit and miss, making mistakes, praying for something that doesn't work out. You'll say, Lord, what happened? He'll explain it to you, but you must know the word. That's why Timothy was told to preach the word, and that's why we're told to know the word. And, and you know, here's, here's one of the things that absolutely, uh, I must say, because the, the strongest thing that a person has is his own testimony. When I got saved, and I never listened to pastors before, mm -hmm. I couldn't get enough of the word. At this time, I was listening four to five hours a day to solid, fundamental Christian pastors. Can name some of them uh, here in New York: Roger Caesar, Dr. Tony Evans down in Dallas, Dr. John MacArthur out in California, Greg Laurie in California, R.C. Sproul, uh, the, the late Adrian Rogers. I, I had a group of pastors, and I was listening to their sermons every day on the radio, and 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 I was also getting their CDs. And the interesting thing: the people at 
where I were at this point where I was working, a lot of them were into the you know the T D Jakes and the Creflo Dollars and the Benny Hens. Mm-hmm. But what ended up and I was listening to that, but what ended up happening as I started learning the word and reading my Bible and I had now moved on to a true fundamental Christian church where they preach the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now I'm getting the word of God, the word of God, I'm getting it in me, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to see clearly. Okay? Mm. So what it says in Romans 12, 1 through 2, about renewing your mind, right. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, you're supposed to give God. God, God gave you salvation. He brought you out of sin. He paid for your freedom from sin by the blood of Christ. You give him your life. Jesus comes on the inside. Now God wants reasonable service from you. It doesn't mean you can't, that you have to just sit there and play a harp all day and sing Kumbaya, Lord. It just means that now, instead of working for yourself, you're going to work for him for time and eternity for the good of the kingdom. So then it continues. Here's the key. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you're not constantly renewing your mind, mm-hmm. if, as in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 6 says, if you're not taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, you will end up in a bad spot. Amen. Because the only thing that is going to keep you grounded in a world that is secular and run by the devil and geared to send you to hell is renewing your mind constantly on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute, issue-by-issue basis. That's the only way you can do it. Mm. Because here's what happens if you don't. Mm -hmm. 1958, Mm. I would encourage people, if you don't want to buy the book, just go online and you can see, you can see excerpts from this book written by a former FBI agent. His name was W. Cleon Scouse, and I could be mispronouncing his last name. It's S-K-O-U-S. He wrote this book, The Naked Communist, in 1958. This wasn't written when Barack Obama was president. This wasn't written right now with Burn Baby Burn and Elizabeth Warren running around with their socialist garbage. This was written in 1958, mm-hmm. after he had infiltrated the, the Communist Party, after he left the FBI. Listen carefully, people. You want to know why we're in the mess we're in? This is why. And as I read what the communist goal was to take over this country, think about what would have happened or wouldn't have happened if Christians, true believers in the body of Christ, were renewing their minds and running what I'm about to tell you through the biblical grid with their eyes open to Jesus Christ, where would we be now instead of where we're going to be now? Mm -hmm. This book, The Goals of the Naked Communists, Right. Written in 1958. Number 17. Get control of the schools. Use them as transition belts for socialism. Soften the curriculum. Get control of the teachers association. Mm-hmm. Done. Goals 20 and 21. Infiltrate the press. That's right. Gain control of key positions in radio, television, and motion pictures. Done. Mm-hmm. 24. Eliminate all laws governing up 
obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. Done. Um. 25, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography in books, magazines, motion picture, and TV. Done. More than done. Yeah. 26, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, nature, healthy. And I want to comment on this one. Yeah. Because back when I, back when I was a young whippersnapper, before I, long before I got saved, I had my Playboy Club key. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to the Playboy Club here in New York and other places. I'm thinking I'm a player, mm-hmm. you know, out there trying to do my thing like, like, like I'm, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> I always remember watching Hugh Hefner on TV. Right. And, they, and, and, they, and he'd be doing an interview and they'd say something like, well, Mr. Hefner, how do you feel about uh, having a get-together with you and four women? And he'd always say the same thing, no matter how degenerate <laughs> the sexual connotation of whatever the question was, he'd always say the same thing. Well, it's healthy. And wow. that's exactly right out of the net. And he, he was saying this back in the 60s and 70s. He'd always say, because I watch him on 60 Minutes or some of these shows, he goes, it's healthy. And number 26, what did it say? Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, nature, healthy. wonder if he read this book. Yeah. Number 27, we're mm-hmm. almost at the end. Mm-hmm. This is a big one infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Ooh-ooh. Oh. Discredit the Bible. <laughs> Don't forget, people, 1956, they were getting ready to throw social justice on us way back then. Number 28, mm-hmm. eliminate prayer in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Now, they've run that ad nauseum to us, and that's not what the separation of church and state says. The real separation of church and state says that no state can force a a religion on its people. In other words, the separation of church and state was not set up to separate the government from God. It was set up so you didn't have what happened in England, where there could be mother church and everybody had to be run religion. So the separation of church and state was set up to stop, like Maryland, from being Protestant, I mean, from being Baptist, and, and Michigan had to be Lutheran, and, and uh, New Jersey had to be, uh, you know, Presbyterian. That's what the separation with church and state was. It was to allow where people could be whatever religion or worship whichever way they wanted within their state. It was never a separation of state and God. And finally, 40, mm-hmm. discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Done. This is why we're where we are, folks. We're where we are because we gave away the store. We're where we are because if people were putting on the mind of Christ, none of this would have ever passed through the biblical grid. It couldn't have gotten through the church. It couldn't have gotten through the church. Mm -hmm. But look at how churches changed. Yeah. Look, 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 look Look at how churches started many years ago accepting homosexuality. Except in same-sex marriage, abortion. Remember Cleveland about 10 years ago or 15 years ago when this big thing came out about um, the, uh, uh, the schools wanted to give condoms to school kids? Yeah. And the uh, pastors, instead of saying, hey, sin, I'm not, gonna pay you. I'm not participating in your sin, they say, well, they're going to do it anyway. I'd rather protect them than, them, than have them having these children oh, and everything. Boy. See, and this is what Satan does. 
he 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 puts a little pressure on you to try and force you to crumble and instead of putting on the mind of Christ so you think, can see clearly what the decision you need to make you're going to back down and you're going to back off see and what ended up happening and I'm not blaming anybody cuz you know we're all in this we're all sinners we're all fallen we've all had a part in this in this unraveling of the god conscious in our nation but we can get it back. But the only way we can is if we put on the mind of Christ and renew our mind every day. Because if you do, and you understand and learn what God expects and learn what God says, then you're going to know false teachers when you hear them. You're go- I'll, give you, I'll give you a perfect case in point. Mm-hmm. How many times for how many years have we heard in predominantly black churches, pastors would rail against abortion as sin, and they'd rail against same-sex marriage and homosexuality and lesbianism as sin, and they talk about how Sodom and Gomorrah was, was leveled for it, the Twin City symbols of sin, and, and they, they, they preach the gospel right. Mm-hmm. And this, 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 this happened in the two uh, predominantly black churches I used to attend mm-hmm. before I truly got born again. So the pastors are railing against abortion and railing against same-sex sin, mm-hmm. and they would call it sin, and then at the end of the service, they bring up, and I kid you not, our Democratic Party friends. They bring all the local Democratic Party politicians who are now running and up for election. They bring them up to the front of the pulpit, introduce, them to, introduce us to all of them, let them say a little piece of why you should vote for them, and then the pastor would say, now make sure you vote for our Democratic Party friends. And wow. they just railed against what they stand for. Right. See, this is, now, if you have put on the mind of Christ, if your eyes are open, if Jesus is truly your Lord and Savior and you're seeing clearly, you would say, ah, no, 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 come on. That doesn't, that, no, no, no. Yeah, brother Pastor, uh, here's what the Bible says. And, and you look, and, and, and it's not hard, people. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'd say, uh, brother Pastor, uh, you got to explain something to me here. You know, like, you could go like Columbo, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a little confused here, Brother Pastor. Mm-hmm. I see here in Romans 1, 24 to 27, where it says about people, you know, practicing homosexuality and lesbianism, if they won't enter kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, and it says, because they wouldn't listen to God, it mm-hmm. said, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than a creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which is due. Some people think that's AIDS. But the point I'm trying to make is, if you've read your Bible and you see that in your Bible and you see your pastor supporting and trying to get you to support people that want to make this legal, that is an abomination to God. You need to leave that church. But what did I start out with, Cleveland? Mm. I started out with Timothy was warned, preach the word because people are going to have itching ears. They're going to hear what they want to hear, and they're going to bring in pastors who are going to want to tell them what they want to hear, and people will matriculate 
to a church that will preach a gospel that they want, whether it's a real gospel of Jesus Christ, you'll go there, or the false gospel of, of, of the devil, and you'll go there, and those churches are packed. See, and, that, and that's why we're in this situation we're in, because we've allowed too many pastors, and there are too many people who claim to be in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. who couldn't see clearly because they didn't want to, bought the lie, continues to buy the lie, and this pastors, if you said, are the gatekeepers, they're keeping people on the Democratic part of plantation. Mm-hmm. It's not about Christ. It's about secularism, and it's about actually their antichrist because they're really working against everything that Jesus stands for. Amen. You know, uh, um, and people who don't know where to get this at, you and you are so right about the neck of communists. If you go to um, archive.org, and type in the naked communists. You could get a free copy of it and read for yourself from W. Cleo. Uh, I want to say Sagoskins. Uh, it was S K O U S E N, right? And um, he, he, well, everything that brother Gary would talk about is happening hundredfold. So um, the thing is, the people. No, they. I heard so many people keep on telling me, but Cleveland, uh, y'all guys are putting too much emphasis on the fact that this is happening right now. Oh, yes, it is because see, one thing about uh, sin and what, but the devil, he does, he brings something that looks good, shiny, it looks beautiful, beautiful in front of you, and bring to your attention, just like he did to Eve. He says, "Look at this fruit. Are you sure that God, uh, that that God." To say you surely will die, he was he gave Eve to question God, and now Eve wants to become God because he said if you if you eat from this knowledge of of of, of knowledge of, of of good evil, you will become like God. See the problem we have in our society now, brother Gary, is that a lot of people want to become like God, and a lot of times if you people need to read. This book, especially the Nick of Communists and others, it's, they need to read the word God more, to, to be honest with you, because that's conviction that you cannot get over unless you are not saved. But I digress. Even from that standpoint, a lot of people get, get caught up in a lie and never really come to the true beginning of knowledge, which is God. Can you read? Let me ask you this about public schools. I want you um, um, to um, talk to me about this a little bit more detail because you mentioned a lot about this as part of the manifesto of the naked communists, which is the social, uh, which is communist is the same thing, socialism, and we go, we could go a little bit further in details with that. But let me. I want you to um, to come. Uh, I want you to talk more about. Um, public schools because um, a couple of things I wanted to say this that needs to be said. It's a lot of people who listen to what we um, what uh, our radio network everything else, and it's a lot of people who disagree with me when I talk about how the public school system is more pagan than ever before. And I and I may suggest I said it would be it will be very 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 easy to vote. You no, know, find a way of some kind of legislation that we could go ahead and uh, do a way for parents not to put their taxpayer money into public schools because they bring they teach all this stuff that's anti God 
I mean, or at least for us as parents who don't, um, who think that the public school system is um, doing a disservice to our kids, not teaching them what they need to be learned, but in the same time, uh, we should be out, out of it. I want you to talk more about the public schools and why is it so important that you need to have biblical understanding against this kind of, of, of schooling that's going on in the public schools right now that a lot of the black people keep on saying you need to get you a good education in the going to a pub uh, uh, going to a free education system and now they're going to a pay education system to get more more uh indoctrinated explain a little bit more in details with that so when people see that and they talk about this more in the church Debunk that whole idea that that's not biblical. Yes, um, I will gladly, Cleveland. I, I do want to say uh, to everybody that's listening, um, what I'm talking about, I've done the homework for you. I've written a, a, a thesis on Christians and voting. It's on the Internet. It's been on the Internet for almost two decades now. Mm -hmm. And I actually updated it <laughs> two days ago. Yeah. in lieu of knowing I was going to do this show, hoping that you'll go and read it, because if you're having trouble talking to your, your friends and relatives who claim Christ but they're liberal, or even if you, you don't even know all the issues, all the scriptures and everything I'm telling you is in my thesis. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to get it, it's very simple to, to find it on the Internet. My name is Gary Binford, B-I-N-F-O-R-D, and it's called How You Vote Reveals Who You Serve. Mm -hmm. If you go to Google and put in Gary Binford, How You Vote, and mm -hmm. it's with an I, not an E, How You Vote Reveals Who You Serve, it'll take you right to the website where the thesis is. The reason I tell you that is because part of my life has been designated to do this. Because when I got saved... Before, I was a very, very selfish individual. All I cared about was me, myself, and I. You could be my friend, but you had to have something. You had to bring something to the table, mm -hmm. something that I needed in one way, shape, or form. And it could be anything. You could either help me in my career. Maybe you had influence in the clubs. I could get into, you know, these major clubs and major parties, you know, on the guest list. It could be whatever. You know, but I was always very selfish. But once I got saved, once the Holy Spirit, you know, resided inside of me, now my whole life is dedicated to helping others. And that's how Brother Cleveland started the show, talking about that. So if, if, you, if you like what you're hearing and you really want to delve into this and, and, and understand all the issues and what they are, because I get into liberalism, I get into the same-sex relations, abortions, removing God from schools, removing him from government in our nation, I get into wealth redistribution, socialism, and everything, okay, and about the black, the black experience, because I came from there and, 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 and trying to explain to people how you can debate or at least try and edify and enlighten your friends, please go check out this uh, this, this uh, thesis, I think it can help you help you greatly to uh, to try and present this case mm -hmm. as it applies to the schools, which is in there. There's a whole right. segment on schools, mm -hmm. but let's go back to the naked communists. Mm -hmm. 1958, number 17, get control of the schools. Right. Use them as transition belts for socialism. Soften the curriculum. Get control of the teachers' associations. 
the National Teachers Association, right? Right. NEA. Mm -hmm. That is one of the largest supporters, contributors, and benefactors of the Democratic Party. It's been for years. Mm -hmm. Okay? Right. What they did, what they did was systematically remove God from the schools, public schools. You get a free education, but notice, the only thing about education in the Bible is to raise your kids in the knowledge and the ways of the Lord, and then they won't depart from it. God doesn't say anything about sending your kids to school. He doesn't say about anything about giving an education. It says, teach them about me. That's right. You teach them about me, let me get on the inside of them, I can educate them, and I'll send them to the right place to get educated. But we send our kids to public schools, who, which have become transition belts for socialism. So the first thing they've done, they remove prayer from schools in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Then they got the Bible out. Once they got that out, and that's when our Parents Teachers Association, that's when the true pastors, that's when the parents should have stormed those schools and said, you may do this, and you may think you're going to do this, but not with my kids. I'm pulling them out. And maybe we could have stemmed the tide. It didn't happen. We passed it. We got to deal with it. Okay? Right. What do they do next, Cleveland? What do they do next? Replace. Place. Now that the Bible's gone, and now that God's out, now evolution comes in. Exactly. And now evolution is going to be taught as the only thesis, the only theory, as if it's true. No longer is creation taught in the schools, in the public schools, as even an alternative to creation. Right. So if there's no God, this is how you end up with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Mm -hmm. Many years later now, talking about the green puke deal, uh, excuse me, <laughs> the green new deal. Right. Because guess what? If there's no God, then it is contingent on us to save the planet. Right. However, if there's a God, and there is. And you try and leave God out of any environmental movement or attempt to save this planet that leaves him out of this, trust me, he will tower of babble that thing. Mm -hmm. You know what he did to the Tower of Babel when yeah. people who tried to tried to create a mighty kingdom of their own? He just blew that tower down. See, and that's the thing. The whole, everything you're starting to see, all of this socialism and everything you're seeing now, rose from the phoenix based upon God being removed from the public schools. The Ten Commandments are gone. Kids don't even know what they are. Right. You got kids running around pop, pop, pop mm -hmm. in the street. They don't even know, thou shall not kill. Actually, thou shall not murder. They don't know. Right. They yeah. don't know. You're right. See, and the thing is, all of these things have been removed. Mm -hmm. And as I said, by removing God, you've taken away the protection from your kids. The, the, you know, try now in, the, in, in a lot of the inner cities, it is a jungle just trying to get your kid to and from schools alive. Why? Because they've got to go through the drug dealers and they've got to go through the gang members. And then they got to deal with everybody in school that, 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 that's trying to play gangster. See, so what's happening is the removal of God and auspices of God from the public school system has led to ushering in, inch by inch, moment by moment, year by year, these socialist policies to where now we're dealing with, we're dealing with, uh, just pure, uh, unadulterated socialism. There's no biblical truth. Uh, they've now, you know, twisted our, our history. Mm -hmm. They've twisted the history of the nation. They've twisted the flag. 
And see, if you wonder, why do they do this? Like, if you notice, Michael Brown gets shot in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, in Ferguson. You have Colin Kaepernick. You had Occupy Wall Street. You have this thing going on in Berkeley. You, you have all in Charlottesville, where I was. Mm -hmm. uh, I was there five days before all the ruckus broke out. And by the way, in Charlottesville, you know, I'll give you a, a, an interesting take. I got a phone call, you know, because I had been in Charlottesville five days before they had that big brouhaha with with the Klan and, and, and the other, you know, you had these two sides that were supposedly fighting each other. They all came in on the same bus, met at a diner, <laughs> went into town, went into town separately, tore the dag on, tore the place up, then left separately, got back on the same bus and moved to the next show, next town. It's like pro wrestling to take this show on the road. Okay. <laughs> so, wow. So that, 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 right. So, but here's the point I'm making. All of these things start with a person that thinks they have a cause. Hmm. Everybody thinks they have a cause. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, the cops shouldn't have shot Michael Brown, so they say, and Occupy Wall Street, the banks are this, and, and Colin Kaepernick is talking about brutality, or, or, or it's weird, he's talking about police brutality, wearing a, 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 a Malcolm X hat and a Fidel Castro t-shirt <laughs> at the press conference. So we know he's a Marxist. Yeah. I mean, duh. Okay, so, but my point is, Notice what happens with all of these things. Mm. Right away, it's a person with an issue. Right. It's almost like what happened with Norma McCorvey in 1970, in back in the, uh, I think it was 1973, when she pressed to have an abortion. That's Roe versus Wade. Right. Okay? And she wins. She's thinking, this is about me. Kaepernick and everybody and the people with Michael, they're thinking this is about, but no, but Uncle George Soros, the socialists and the big money socialists that are trying to collapse this country come in and take over. They come in and say, we can make you a national figure. We can make you the poster child for this, that, and the other thing. Just give us the microphone, give us control, let us take this over, and we'll take your issue national. And you think it's about your issue, but they spin it off into, notice where they always go, and if you, people just just watch this because it always ends up in the same spot. It'll always end up in the flag is racist mm -hmm. because the founding fathers had slaves, not to mention other people had slaves too. Right. And therefore, they were racist. This country was founded on illegitimate principles, so we have to overthrow the Constitution. Mm -mm -mm. And if you notice, that's where it went, ended up with Brown. That's where it ended up with Capri Kaepernick. That's Charlottesville. Every place, all these shootings, you know, uh, you know the, the shooting, and, and the shootings are terrible. I'm not trying to. But notice how out of the rubble rise these teenagers that came from nowhere. Right. David, David Hogg, the girl on the, on the, on the, uh, on, on the uh, climate change. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Well, wait a minute. This was, a, this was about something else. Now, all of a sudden, see, and that's what happens. It's all about socialism, and it's all about the socialist agenda, and they're trying to get that Constitution out of there, and the only way they can do it is to try and delegitimize the Founding Fathers, to try and say they were racist, so we got we to start all over 
tear the Constitution up, and let's start this country all over again like it should be with social justice. Yeah. See, and that's what's being taught in the public schools. Right. And that's why so many kids and so many college students love Bernie Sanders, love mm. Beto O'Rourke, walk around loving Mao, mm-hmm. Stalin, Stalin and Lenin, they were cool. Mm-hmm. You know, Bernie Sanders even talking about we should be more like Venezuela. You're right. How's that working out? <laughs> see, and the problem, and, and, and see, and the problem is creating. We keep sitting there and saying, "This is nuts. Uh, America's going to see through this." Yet the parents keep sending their kids to school, to college, paying twenty to forty thousand dollars a year to turn them into good little socialists to overturn the country. Now there's one other problem about the public school system. Mm-hmm. Remember, let's go back to uh, the naked communists. Number 40, discredit the family as an institution, encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Right. Uh, in the garden, the first thing Satan did was try and destroy. And remember I said in, the, the, the devil will always try and destroy God, family, country. Mm-hmm. See, he, he, went, he went after the family first. He went after Adam and Eve. He went after Eve. You right. know, as you said, does God say? And by the way, that's, that's how he attacks us. He'll always try and, did God really say you can't be a homosexual? Did, did God really say abortion's murder? Did God really say this, that, and the other thing? See, so he's always attacking what God said. And then the first child born of a woman killed his brother. And there started the death of the family. Right. See, so what he's been doing, he understands that God has a family set up. It's supposed to be God, father, mother, children. That's God's nuclear family. Right. So Satan wants it to be two women, two men, or a woman and no man, or transgender and another man, or a woman and a transgender, anything but God's nuclear family because he hates the things of God. So you have so many people, especially in the black community, mm-hmm. that where kids are being raised without a father, and that's because of the welfare state, because the welfare state is the worst thing that happened to black family. I remember when I was re- being raised in the 50s and the 60s, there were two parents, two black parents in the home. Right. I had them, all my friends had a mother and a father. You were raised with a male influence in the house. And those guys are some strong-willed dudes. Right. You know, Wally Benford, Wally put, put the fear, he didn't put the fear of God in me, but he sure put the fear of Wally Benford in me. I, <laughs> and I, and he, he's deceased, but I praise him because the discipline he instilled in me, because he was a, he was a short dude, he was only five foot six, but he was a real macho guy. And, mm. and the discipline that he put in me kept me straight long enough that I had a chance to make it. They got me into college. I'm the first person in my family to go to college. And my parents, they, they, they were manual laborers, but they worked hard, two and three jobs each, to try and give me an opportunity. Wally and Ola Benford, they're both dead, but I, I, I praise God for them from the standpoint that in spite of other areas in which, you know, just like all families, you're going to have your problems, mm-hmm. but they had a vision for me, and they tried to make sure that I had an opportunity to make it in this life and not have to live the type of life that they had to live. And he was a disciplinarian, but see, what ends up happening is, through the welfare state, what does it say? Mm-hmm. You can't have a man in the home. What else? The more children you have, the bigger the check. That's Plus, right. you can't work and you can't go to school. Duh, what is that going to do? Create government dependency. That's right. See, and through government dependency, now... You have all of these women for the last, it's, 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 you know, 40 years, 30 years, 
having all these babies out of wedlock without a father in the home, without a father figure. So she's working. So who's working with the kids? Who's doing the reading, writing, arithmetic with the kids at night? She's working two jobs, right? Who's mm -hmm. raising the kids? See, and that's the problem. So Satan gets it coming and going. He destroyed the back the black family structure right and he's destroyed the white family structure basically by getting a lot of white people to become so educated that they can make so much money that both the husband and the wife are out there trying to you know become zillionaires right. and nobody's raising the kids so those kids their parents are too busy to raise them in mm -hmm. the black family the father's not there mm -hmm. so then the public school is raising your kids that's and look right. at what they're teaching them to be little socialists. Right. And your kids are being raised by the street gangs. Yeah. And your kids are being raised by the entertainers, the rappers, the being by the athletes. Mm -hmm. That's, That's right. That's the problem. And this occurs because people have turned their ear away from the word of God and away from God. Amen. Because if you were in the church, like you, you notice we see, think about the high the high black crime rate. Right. How, how often do you see a true born-again Christian who's black being arrested? No, it's really you, not. Do you, you ever see? See, and, and, and that's one of the things. See, my family, they, they, they had me in church. Mm -hmm. They had me in church from the time I was five. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what was going on, really. And I played piano for the Sunday school and everything. And even when I thought I was saved, and in high school I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get saved until I was 47 years old. However, the church environment and those church women, my mother was a deaconess, and, the, and, and you had all the church women, all the deaconess would wear the white, you know, the white, right. the white outfits, and they'd come over, and, and you'd, 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 you'd go around to each other's houses on Sunday and eat. Mm -hmm. And what that did for me, it created an environment in which I never wanted Ola and Wally Benford to see me on TV being carried out a police car with my head down being led into a police station with handcuffs because you know I knew everybody would be like isn't that Gary Benford isn't mm. that Ola Benford's son mm -hmm. isn't that Deaconess Ola Benford's son mm. how they raised that boy right I never wanted that to happen amen and that's part of what the even that's part of what the environment if if you're honoring or trying to honor God, the type of protection that he can provide you. See, and now that he's out of the schools, there's no protection in the public schools for these kids. Yes, right. I wish and I implore you, if you can, to homeschool. Yes. Because these schools are just going to turn them into Che Guevara, Fidel Castro, Hugo Chavez, mm -hmm. socialist. Amen. If not, if not mal-communist. Oh, and see, that's the thing you, so, you said so well, Brother Gary, with that, because... You know, one of the biggest things, and you know, you know my story that we homeschool our son, and you know, he, you know, he asked a lot of questions of the people that he experienced. He just turned twenty just not too long ago. Matter of fact, just a few days ago, and for him to even ask questions about what is going on, and seeing people around his age don't get it like he gets it. 
it may it, it, it marvels him, but he's not surprised no more. At first, he was surprised as he was growing up, but now as he got older and started being around more people more and being around more people in, in uh, different environments and different places and in around society, he started to realize that God is not here. And when you get a a, a, a young man who is looking for a wife, want to provide, be able to to be uh, be something in society and would not accept him because he wants to do those things tells you that where our generations come i believe and this is something my wife and i have been saying and i'm saying this for a very long time it goes right back to the church here that uh you what you just said right there when your your mother was a deaconess and everything else, and they did work why hey i I experienced that too when I was growing up as well when you have the uh, the motherboard you know they have where white everything else, but at, you know like you said, you don't want to be caught doing anything wrong in their, in their eyes because if you did, oh yeah, if they see you you will your family will be ostracized for the rest of their lives. It brings uh, shame to your family. Exa yeah. Exactly. But nowadays, you got kids. I remember I got cousins in um, places like Orange Mountain, Tennessee, which is in Memphis. Uh, not ashamed to go to the, to jail. Do all kinds of wrong. I mean, when they not ashamed, not ashamed to go to jail or do any kind of wrong, you look at the parents. But the parents, like you said, single parents. But where they get their schooling from, where they get their uh, train from, their mother and father from. Not from them, not the because one thing the father's not there, and the mother's working hard trying to keep up with bills and stuff, but the school system is teaching them, and the school system loves that so well because they know they got them and um and then let me tell this to the audience right now, if you want to get that thesis from brother uh Gary Benford, uh it will be under christian dot net and we'll we'll post this on 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 um on our page here as well. So when people want to see it, they can be able to read this thesis that you have here, brother Gary. But um, yeah um yeah uh, the one of the biggest things that I know is that you know they literally you know the lot of the Democrat black Democrats push 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 to stay in school. And when you see, and you even say so so vividly, brother Gary, you teach your kids to be like the next Lennon, the next Marx, the next uh, Engel, the next uh, uh, the next of these these socialist people, these evil people who is anti God, anti Christ, anti everything that is from the Bible, and 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 you got people like AOC. You got people like uh, the the squad. You got people, um, no, they are socialists, and um, and these young kids love this. They love to be socialists, but they don't. And and, and, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of other people get all bent. They said it's amazing that they they don't understand what socialism is. But I say, well, we dropped the ball because it goes back to the church that we did not teach these young kids how to be godly. And uh, usually it goes back to the older people supposed to be teaching these kids how to be godly. Uh, like for older men teach the younger men how to be husbands, and the younger women teaches the younger women how to be wives. It's go back to Timothy and go back to Tyus about how the church is supposed to be. But in the churches now, if you try to tell anybody or, or teach them anyone the truth about the gospel, 
they get mad at you. Like, whoa, hold up. You're not supposed to be doing that. That's against the rules here. So let me ask you this, uh, uh, some more questions here about this, uh, about that, about the fact um, when we're looking in our end herbicore. And it's kind of funny how Democrats run stuff. Um, you know, recently Elijah Cummins passed away and he was in on his deathbed signing subpoenas and stuff. His wife doing exactly the same, uh, want his seat, but she's corrupt. Then you got everybody who's black. It seems like everyone who's not really saved is corrupt somehow. If you notice that, I don't know it's me, but if you notice that the ones that is not really biblical sound, especially some of the ones that are supposed to be representing blacks, they usually not save. Can you go ahead? Let's get a little bit deeper spiritually about the the ones who claim to be a god because we got Matt Seward says she's a Christian. You got uh uh uh, uh Sheila Jackson says she's a Christian. You even got uh, Emmanuel uh you got Emmanuel Cleaver who is a pastor of a church in Kansas City, Missouri, saying he, he's a Christian. And but that all of these people who are saying they're Christians are Democrats. I want you to tap in into the spiritual side on why is it really repulsive from God uh, to God to have people who say they're of God but don't have the fruit of God in them? Can I keep it real, brother? Clear? Absolutely. I, I can keep it real. Yes, you can. Okay, I'm going to keep it real. To me, the biggest problem amongst the body of Christ right now, and by the way, the body of Christ is is true or actually are true believers. It's not a church. Mm -hmm. It's true believers. It's, it's, the church of Jesus Christ is on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. And the people who comprise the church of Jesus Christ are people who are born again. You've got to be born again to really be a part of the body of Christ. Uh, I'll just read this little part from my thesis that will tell you what that is, and then I really want to break it down because it ties into exactly what you're saying. Uh, Christians must be defined by God alone. Otherwise, the world will do it in accord to its secular agendas. Galatians 3.26 reveals our identity. You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all you were baptized into Christ, for all you who have been baptized into Christ have closed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Understand what the Apostle Paul is saying here in Galatians. If you are born again, if you are truly belong to Christ, you are neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, you're all one in Christ. That's race, gender, class. To bring that up to modern times, you're neither black or white, rich or poor, male or female, but you're all one in Christ. There is no color in the body of Christ. None. Amen. Who you are and what you are are reborn out of black, out of white, out of rich, out of poor, out of male, and out of female because 
everybody who is in that condition will go to hell because you need a savior. You're in your sin. You've got to come out of being black to be freed from your sin because you have to be born again. Amen. You have to absolutely be born again. And when you're born again, that is your race. I'll show you. Mm -hmm. My or anybody's relatives who are black that aren't Christian, when I die and they die, I will never see them again. Right. However, everybody who's truly born again, I will be with them for eternity in heaven. It doesn't matter whether they were male. It doesn't matter whether they were female. It doesn't matter whether they're rich. It doesn't matter whether they were poor. poor. It doesn't matter whether they're black, white, African, Asian, Latino. It doesn't matter. God has freed you. Jesus Christ's sacrificial death on the cross has freed you from the bondage of sin of your nationality, of your race, of your class, of your gender. Race, gender, and class do not exist. They really don't. They are man-made tools of the devil used to destroy by dividing and conquering and then destroying because God only sees people in two ways, everybody. Either you're saved, washed by the blood of Christ, acceptable to God and go into heaven, or you're lost and you're going to go to the pit. There are no other. It doesn't matter whether you're black. It doesn't matter whether you're white. It doesn't matter. If you're not born again, you are unacceptable to a holy God. And it's really interesting when I'll see uh, people who are black on the street, and they'll go, uh, hey, brother. And, I, and if I say to them, oh, you're Christian? They'll look at me like, huh? Yeah. You know, and, and it goes right over their head. See, because they're calling me a brother because to them, a brother is a black man. I would have answered to that 25 years ago. See, right. but he's not my brother anymore. My brother is that Asian woman who's born again. My brother is that African man who's born again. My brother is this white guy over here and this Latino over there who are born again. They are my brothers and sisters, all parts of the 12 tribes. They are the ones that belong to God. Amen. Okay. Now, the problem we have, and I'm getting to, you know, your question because I, I really, this is so important. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem we have in America right now is people don't understand born again. They don't understand that you've got to be born from the inside. God has to put the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Lord inside of you and change you from the inside out. You can't do it yourself. I would never be doing what I'm doing now. I would never have my Nation Savers 2018 page on Facebook, which is going to launch the Nation Savers 2020 um, on November 1st of this year. I would never be giving my life I, I taught Sunday school for a number of years. I mentor young believers. I was always about myself, trying to make records and, you know, trying to write sports and hang out. I was a, I was a hedonist. I love pleasure. I live for pleasure. I, I, I actually lived to work so I could just hang out and, and have a good time. Now I live to, to tell people about the glory of God and try and get the lost sheep. Salvation is costly, Cleveland. Mm -hmm. People have to understand. See, this, this name it and claim it and, 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 and word of it, people, salvation is costly. It cost God his son to mm. bear our sin debt, a debt we couldn't pay. Believe me, mm -hmm. salvation will cost you something that's dear to you.
God is going to demand something from you the same way the mafia would demand something from you, the same way a street gang would demand an initiation, the same way all kinds of things will demand something from you to prove, to, to show yourself approved. He's going to demand something from you. For me, it was right at the height of when my recording artist finally got his first CD out. He said, it's time for you to leave the music business. For me, it was also understanding and knowing I was going to lose all my black friends. Mm. Because when I became born again and the light of Christ resonated in me, I could see the difference without a word being said. I was at a barbecue at a friend's house. And it, was a, it, was a, it was an outdoor barbecue. It was a 4th of July barbecue. It was a beautiful setting. I'm all, all people that I knew, all the black people you know, that I hung out with, all married couples, all professional people, Mm-hmm. But they knew, they, they knew I was different. They knew, I don't know if they knew I had born again. I don't even know if they knew what that meant. But mm-hmm. I could just see just my presence made people uncomfortable at that barbecue. Amen. I could see because they're, they're trying to drop F-bombs and they're like, you know, when it's the same thing at work. When I was working, I'm sitting in the cafeteria and this, this, this black woman is, you know, she's talking to somebody. I'm eating with somebody else. She drops an F-bomb. And then she turns to me and goes, oh, I'm sorry, Gary. And I said, well, why are you apologizing to me? You weren't even talking to me. She said, well, I'm apologizing because I used that type of language around you. And I said, well, why? If it, if it demands an apology, why are you even using it? She goes, well, you know, you know me. You know, I'm, yeah. See, and the, and the point of the matter was your light, if you're really born again, will shine. Mm-hmm. Salvation is going to cost you something. God is going to demand something from you, and if you are the same that you were before you claim Christ, if you have the same friends, if you're doing the same things, if your walk and your talk and your actions are the same, you're, born, you're not born again. Even if you have the same circle of unsaved friends, something's wrong, people. Yes. Matthew 10, 34-39. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth, says Jesus. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Meaning, you have to be born again. And when, you, when you're born again, you are crucified with Christ. The old you is buried. Mm-hmm. Stay in that grave if you're born again, people. Because mm-hmm. God slayed you. When I got born again in 1997... Gary Benford, the old Gary Benford was put in a coffin, never to rise again. If you rise again, that's a horror movie. Yes. Because only horror movies, that's a dead man walking, and that's a horror movie, as Dr. Tony Evans would always like to say. Mm-hmm. Stay in that grave. Allow the Lord to do his work inside of you, because he will change you. That is a very hard saying, but here's what Jesus is saying, and it's pertinent to what we're going to talk about right now about these politicians. Jesus is saying, hey, look. If you were born again, and now you belong to me, your unsaved relatives are going to be at enmity with you because they're 
not kingdom people. They're not going to see things through my eyes. And the light of Christ, my light, will shine on their sin. And if they're not willing to come off of their sin like you did and get born again, they're not going to want you around. Amen. So you've got to understand, I came to separate, to separate the sheep from the goats. And your wife may be a goat. Your right. kids may be a goat. See? But I came to get mine and to get mine together and to get mine to go out and find other lost sheep. See, and the point of the matter is, if you don't do that, you're going to make bad decisions because you're going to try and appease people. You're going to try and appease people that you shouldn't be trying to appease just for the sake of keeping the peace. And you just can't do that. Dr. Tony Evans, Dallas, Texas, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, mm -hmm. black, you know, born black, uh, 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 a, great, a great pastor. He put it this way. Many times folks from African-American descent, and this is in the thesis that I wrote, will make an appeal to other African-Americans based on race. That's right. People will acquiesce to it, even if it's wrong just so they satisfy what they believe is in the best interest of the group, whether or not it agreed with what's in the best interest of God. Jesus said when it comes to God, God is only interested in spirit and truth. There are only two answers to every question, God's answer and everyone else's, and everyone else is wrong. So when you look at life, and when you look at people who aren't born again, and they're in churches where they're teaching social justice, and they're in churches in which they're teaching, you know, you can name, name it and claim it. I find it very interesting that the people in, in the churches where they believe in the prosperity gospel, um, the pastors, all they, they fly around in Learjets and they right. have these big mansions, and everybody else is still broke. Right. <laughs> you know? and, and, and by the way, if you can name it and claim it, or if healing is guaranteed, why didn't God heal the Apostle Paul? Paul begged God. Paul begged God more than three times, you know, because he had an affirmity, something to Satan. God had allowed Satan to give him a thorn in the flesh. Paul begged God to take it away, and God said, no, because my strength is made within your weakness, you know, and that kept Paul from being prideful. So if, if, if guaranteed healing, if healing was guaranteed, the first person God would have healed would be Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is you get these people who come up through life, just like we do, and they become politicians like Maxine Waters and Elijah Cummins, and you can name all kinds of people, and they go to these churches, and, and they're being taught the social gospel, they're being taught the socialist gospel, they're being taught everything other than the true gospel of Jesus Christ. They aren't born again, and then they go into the political system, they get into Congress, or they get into the Senate, they get in the House, they even run for president like Barack Obama, under Jeremiah Wright and his black liberation theology. What the heck is that? What does black liberation theology have to do with Jesus Christ? See, and they get into these positions of power, mm -hmm. but they're not of God. Right. So you heard what Jesus said. He told the Pharisees and anybody else, you know why, you, you know why you're not following me? Because you have your father, the devil. That's right. See, and the problem is, if you're of the follow your devil, you're going to follow the devil. You're going to follow what, what he wants you to follow. That's right. I remember, I, I told you, that I remember Cleveland, you know, right after I truly had gotten saved. And by the way, you may not even know you're born again. It just happens. Because when you really want the Lord, when you're really willing to sub subjugate self, mm -hmm. when you're willing to take self off the throne, 
move over into the passenger side seat and let God drive your vehicle. That's when Jesus Christ will come and you'll be born again. It'll, be, it'll happen almost like overnight. You won't even know. Right. All you'll notice, all of a sudden, you're going to start hearing and seeing things differently. I was in a, I was in a predominantly black church. Mm-hmm. And this guy was preaching about sin. And all of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky, he starts talking about Michael Jackson, who was a, a Jehovah's Witness. And out of the clear blue sky, in this conversation about sin, he says, you know why Michael Jackson fell? Mm-hmm. And then he didn't answer he leaned over and looked throughout the whole congregation. I'm like, what's he looking for? Mm-hmm. And then when he said his next sentence, I knew what he was looking for. He says, because he married that white woman. He was looking to see if there were any white people in the congregation before he said that. <laughs> because he knew that if he said that with a white person in the congregation, they'd be offended because there were a couple white people that came to the church. You know, and what I would say for people who are in predominantly black churches and you think you're hearing the real gospel of Jesus Christ, here, here's a question I, I want you to ponder in your mind. Take your pastor. Take your pastor who may be doing a black-centric social justice type thing that is about black, not about Christ. Um, and, and if God were to remove him from your church and have him pastor an all-white church or have him pastor a church that was 60-40 either way, would he preach the same gospel? And you know the answer is, heck no. Mm-hmm. See, and that's the problem. The gospel is the gospel. It has to be preached. And it has to be, be preached correctly. Okay? It has to be preached correctly. And because people are sitting in churches where it's not being preached correctly, this allows Satan to raise people up through the political system, Regardless whether they're black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter their nationality. It doesn't matter whether they're male or female. All that matters is they really don't belong to Christ. And if you don't belong to Christ, as God said, either you're for me or you're against me. Mm-hmm. There's no in-between. You're either of Christ or you're of the enemy. And if you don't think they are, if Armageddon started today and the trumpet sounded, everybody who's not of Christ, be they Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, it doesn't matter who they are, your own wife, your own brother, your own mother, your own sister if they're not born again they're going to take they'll fight against you that's right in, in, in the final battle you got to understand who who you are in christ amen see and and these people are raised up through the political system and they're wor- and that's why our constitution is is is, is, is crumbling because and, and that's why the system is crumbling because satan's got so many of his operatives be they black white or indifferent in positions of power Amen. And that's why, that's why we got to talk about the elephant in the room because he hasn't been mentioned much. Yes, I want you to go ahead and do that for there a brief moment. See, uh, we we asked, we asked, we asked for a deliverer. Mm-hmm. Anybody that understands what's really going on and understands this Marxist attempted takeover, that understands that Barack Obama stacked the courts with Woodstock-like wacko liberal judges, that Obamacare and the gutting of our military, the taking down of our nuclear military shields, because this man, in an attempt to be a socialist, just wants the United States not to be that, that, that shining nation on a hill. He started his first speech in Cairo talking about what a mean, evil country we were, and we're going to come back to the pack, okay, mm-hmm. which I'm sure everybody, including the United Nations, was glad to hear. Mm-hmm. So after eight years of him, after him stacking the courts with judges, that's why we have open borders. That's why the Ninth Circuit in, in, in San Francisco, they just go there and pass almost anything. That's why 
They want to abolish ICE. That's why, you know, this immigration situation is what it is. That's why you have people out there talking about free, free health care for, uh, and, and, and college education for illegal immigrants while you and I have to pay. Mm-hmm. Our kids have to pay. But they're going to give it. This is what the Democrats are offering. All of this. And then, knowing that Ruth Bader Ginsburg and a couple other judges on the Democratic Party side, Supreme Court judges are all, and Hillary Clinton, if she wins this election, and she gets to put in the two judges instead of Donald Trump, and the Supreme Court goes Democrat, majority, everything will be passed through the courts. Just rubber stamp, bing, bing, abortion on demand. By the way, you notice the Democrats are preaching infanticide. And that even still can't even get the pastors, these pastors to back off. But anyway, everything would be passed through. So we were praying for a deliverer. We were praying for a deliverer the same way God's people, the Hebrews, prayed for a deliverer. Mm-hmm. They wanted Saul. They thought Saul was tall. and They thought Saul was good looking. And Saul was this, that, and the other thing. And, 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 and God, Samuel the prophet said, no, 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 no. God, there's, a God, there's God's guy. Wait a minute. That little ruddy 13-year-old boy? Yeah. King David, that, that's God's guy. So we ask for a deliverer, and the little, deliverer doesn't always come the way you think he's going to come. Mm-hmm. The Philistines were brought down by Samson, a he-man with a she-weakness. Mm-hmm. Samson liked the ladies, <laughs> and it almost cost him, but in the end, you know, Samson and Delilah repented, drew his hair back, and by the way, there, there shows you the forgiveness and the grace of God. And it also shows you how people who aren't of God can't see. Because after the Philistines cut Samson's hair, gouged his eyes out, and had him grinding corn, shouldn't they have gotten a little bit concerned when his hair started growing back? But no, they figured God was through with him. Because that's what their phony God that doesn't exist would do. He kicks you to the curb. They're God that doesn't exist. So they let him, Samson's hair grow back and thought nothing of it. They should have been thinking, wait a minute, we need to give, take this guy to a barber just to make sure. But my point is, Samson was not perfect. Neither was Moses. He killed an Egyptian mm-hmm. and took 40 years in the desert before God could get him humble enough to go in and do what he needed him to do with Pharaoh. And then, and then King David, let's see, he numbers the people and gets some of his army killed. And then he sees Bathsheba has an affair with her, it produces a child. So he gets her husband Uriah to come off the war field and tries to get him to sleep with her, but Uriah is so dedicated to David, he sleeps outside the city gate because if he couldn't be with his soldiers, he didn't want to be with his wife. So David's like, oh gosh, this is creating a problem. So David, the king of Judea and, 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 and Jerusalem, David now has Uriah killed and takes Bathsheba. And, and repent. And that's the man that God says, a man of my own heart. See, and the point I'm trying to make is, he wasn't a perfect man either. So we asked for a deliverer, and God gave us Donald Trump. Donald Trump's job is to dismantle the unholy trio. Political correctness, the disingenuous mainstream media, and liberalism. Because until those are leveled and brought back down into a level playing field will never be able to govern according to the Constitution. And you can see it. Nothing, the wall, nothing. It doesn't matter what Donald Trump does. 
the left will not give him anything. They're making up all these phony charges about this collusion and that collusion. Nothing sticks, and it's not going to stick because God put him in there for a reason. And a lot of people are saying, well, I don't like his tone. Well, a lot of people didn't like John the Baptist's tone either, but the point is, God put in a fighter, and he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's fighting fire with fire, and he's showing us how to stand up bold like a lion and take ours, take back this country. We need to follow our leader. We need to follow our leader because he is leading us in the proper way, and until the media is, 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 is exposed, until political correctness, which is cultural Marxism, is, is stomped out, and it's still liberalism and socialism, communism, is all unveiled for what it is, we'll never have a fair country again. So this is why this man is in there. See, and that's why they hate him so much. And the funny thing, uh, Cleveland, they always talk about he's a racist. Some racist. Let me see. Black employment is the lowest it's ever been. You know, no other president ever, no other president ever did prison reform. His prison reform, we've already had over 3,000 prisoners released. Now, it seems to me if you're a racist, a lot of those prisoners that are let out of prison because, you know, of bad sentencing, a lot of those guys were black, so wouldn't a racist want them to stay in there and finish their sentence out? Yeah. So, you're an endowment to traditional black colleges, which, by the way, turn out socialists and, and people who are, you know, are probably take the mantle for, for uh, a lot of people take the mantle for Black Lives Matter, but that's another issue. Right. They have an endowment for this. Some racists, you know, they loved him. Muhammad Ali, everybody was with the Donald. Mm -hmm. I had interviewed him twice when I when I was a sports writer when he when he owned the uh, New Jersey Generals football team. Right. Everybody, I I met people, Tyson. All the people loved. I never heard a bad word about Donald Trump from people on the left. Celebrities love him. The rappers love him. The singers, the models, the dancers, the athletes. Every the politicians. Everybody loved the Donald. Everybody wanted to go to his party. Everybody wanted to be around the Donald. You can see the hundreds of pictures of him with everybody under creation. And now, and now Hitler, Stalin, and Mao rolled into one because he ran as a Republican. But even more than that, he moved our embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and that sent a message to the entire world, God and Jesus Christ is back. Yes, in other words, Judeo-Christian values, we're coming back, he's brought He's brought God back into the picture. He's brought Christmas back into the picture. He's been fighting for our religious rights in this country as believers, where I don't have to go to jail if uh, I wouldn't bake a wedding cake for two people and put a man, you know, put two men on top. See, and that happened to somebody out in Portland, right. Oregon, you know, who I defended and I, I, I wrote her. I, I, I've written several of these people. You know, who, who were fighting, being persecuted. Where are our brothers and sisters in Christ, at least the black ones? Why aren't they supporting those? They're supporting civil rights issues. That's not your issue. Mm -hmm. that, that's, not, that's not the kingdom's issue. So Donald Trump is a man for this time, and he stopped a socialist takeover of this country. We asked for a deliverer. We got one. The deliverer doesn't always come the way you think, because that's left up to God. But you can see... They're throwing everything at this man, and nothing has stuck, and nothing will stick. Amen. You said so perfectly, brother Gary, that, you know, you had to sit there and think about it. A lot of times, 
you know, people really don't understand the big elephant in the room until they realize who is the person we're talking about. And this is geared to a lot of, um, um, I'm going to say, blacks in this notion here because we got religious people listening. Here's the, here's the key element, and we're going to have to uh, put this a close because we got to bring this back next week. We I got to bring it back next week, bro, Gary, because you got a lot more to talk about, and we're going to bring some more guests in next week for the last installment of this whole issue here. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put this out here to put it into play. A lot of people don't understand here this this true common denominator here, and that is our uh, is our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. A lot of times, what we do is we try to think that you no, know, they looking for. And I, I had this one friend. I had this one friend who is a conservative. He said he is a conservative, but he is so anti-Trump because he think this guy is the one bringing the, the things uh, to play of all the stuff that are. The ones that cause all these issues. And I've seen him and listened to him and said, no, um, that's not true. And he think, okay, I'm not trying to make a finger here, but it is true. Until I had to show him something about him that no one never thought about. If he was the one that is the problem that brings divisive again the country, then when he was a liberal or when he was a Democrat, and everybody want to be like him, I think that he should have done that when before he became president. So when I said that to him, in the private life of a man, he would have already done this before he became president. What he is doing, what God's using him for, and you just said so perfectly, he is exposing the truth. He's exposing the Democrats. He's exposing the the leftist agenda, the socialist agenda. He's exposing how these people are preaching socialism and uh, hip, uh, um, hypocrisy and apostasy in the church. He's exposing all this. And it's not him. God's using him to do that. And everybody, true fruits come out each and every time when things like that occur. So that's why I want to thank you so much, Brother Gary, uh, for your analysis. And I know um, next week I want you to bring some more into it because I'm going to bring some more guests in next week that will uh, just, just, I want to just, just bring the whole picture to full four because I want everyone to know this is a, a biblical issue. It's not a black, it's not a white, it's not Latino, it's not even... If you are a um, conservative or liberal, it is it is a Christian issue, and we as believers, as children of God, we need to bring that issue to the forefront more than anything else. So, um, brother Gary, I want to um, leave this out in prayer, um, but I want you to go ahead and give people the invitation of Christ today. Those who don't know Him. I want you to go ahead and give that to the people right now. You know, um, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. You know, he wants you to open the door of your heart and let him in. It doesn't matter what you've done. There's nothing that you could do so badly. Nothing that God cannot forgive you for. Um, we were all put here 
for the glory of God and to be the children of God. We fell in the garden. So we're separated from God. And we'll be separated forever unless you bring yourself and repent of your sins and realize that you can't pay for your sins because God has said, one sin, you're done. You know? And, and, and the penalty is, is total separation from God. That's hell. That's the pit. Jesus Christ went on a cross and died for us. He resurrected, was seen by more than 500 people. And he loved us so much that he gave his life, torture, spilled his blood, to give us freedom from the slavery of sin. So, I, 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 from the bottom of my heart, and I pray that anybody within the sound of my voice that has never really given themselves an opportunity to think about where they're going to spend eternity, please understand, this life continues. After you take your last breath, this is a comma. There, 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 there's, there's an afterlife, and it's going to go on forever. And, and I would want you to spend this with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as he would want. So what I ask is, if you don't know him, ask him into your heart. Ask him to come into your heart, show me yourself in your fullness and your glory, and save me. Save me from a fiery hell. Save me from myself. Save me from the devil. Save me from this world. And, and, and give me the spirit, your spirit, on the inside of me. Create a love, a thirst, a desire to be with you, to be with God forever. Please, born again me and allow me to, you know, to, to just be able to, to bask in your glory forever and ever. And I would just pray that you just say a simple prayer to God to bring him into your life. That'll start the process. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. It's, it's Satan, you know, he, 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 he makes it difficult. But if you truly want the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he will protect you. He will put a shield around you. You'll be protected by a band of angels. And you will be able to not only live the glorious life free from sin, but you will find out who you were created to be. Everybody was created to be with God. That's why people could have a million dollars in the bank and, and actually kill themselves. Because there's no complete fulfillment without God. Because there's a hole in our soul that only Jesus can, can, can fill. So, so I just ask that you please seek him while he's there to be sought. Tonight, today, is the day of salvation. Just ask God, ask the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to come into your life. And if you really mean it, he will. And what he's done for Cleveland and what he's done for me, he'll do for you. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Bro, Gary, oh, man. Man, man, man. Each and every time we talk, brother. We always have to get, man, I just so thrilled to hear your insight, but mainly the, the love of Christ in you that comes out more and more each and every time. We have these very, 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 very prominent conversations, but this here about this topic is very, 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 very needed to this day, and I can't wait for next week for you, man. So... I want to go ahead and let everyone know next week we're going to have Brother Gary back. 
Um, I, I know he's going to come back there and discuss a whole lot more, but we're going to have more people next week. I will put more details next week on as the uh, week progresses so we could go ahead and let everyone know who's going to be on there next week. So, um, Brother Gary, it's an honor to have you on uh, this week. Next week, we definitely will have you and others here. Um, I want to, um, we're going to bring more people in, more about what Brother Gary had to say, also about why you need to vote the way God wants you to vote. And also, we're going to go ahead and put the uh, ice on the cake to bring in some millennials. And these are the ones. Yes. Do I have time to leave the people with one thing? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. This is, again, from my thesis. You can find this thesis on Christians and voting. You can Google Gary Binford. It's called How to Vote Reveals Who You Serve. You put Gary Binford, How You Vote Reveals Who You Serve. And I want to leave everybody who believes you're Christian, but you vote for Democrats. I want to leave you with the second paragraph of the thesis, and it says, Remember the saying, birds of a feather flock together? Con consider the tendencies of several high-profile groups that align with the Democratic Party. The Hollywood community openly flaunts its immorality. The American Civil Liberties Union attempts to legislate anything Christian out of our nation. Public employee unions, like the teachers' union, block attempts to replace ineffective teachers and support teaching evolution over creation. Planned Parenthood wants women to have the right to kill their unborn babies, overruling the presumption of the right to life. The entertainment industry and the media mock and malign Christians and family values. In addition, there are numerous special interest groups with agendas such as homosexuals, lesbians, feminists, atheists, globalists, and environmentalists, as well as socialist and communist organizations. These groups do not worship or serve God, so how can Christians vote in alignment with them? I leave you with that thought. Oh, and this is that is a good segue to next week, because man, 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 we got a lot of fish to fry next week, and brother Gary will be here next week to really help us go through this whole process because there's a lot that we got to do, and what brother brother Gary had to say is the absolute truth. Now, as a Christian, how does that align to you? How does your worship servant God will be aligned to that? I'm going to leave you with this here, what Brother Gay almost said, with what he just said here. In order for you to be a believer, you got to understand our, that the true nature of God, Father God in you, will always manifest himself through you. Always. So I'm going to leave that right there for a reason. Because we're going to continue on next week to the last part of our series of Black, 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 Black. Me, I want to thank every H-O-1 you to be part of the beautiful H-O-1 review. And thank you, bro, Gary. We will definitely see you next week. Same time, guys. Same back channel. We will definitely see you next week. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Biblical Editorial Review. We hope this broadcast has challenged you to see this world from God's perspective. Tune in next time for another Biblical Editorial Review.
The Biblical Editorial Review with Cleveland Rhodes is copyrighted by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.